0: Okay, guys, what I'd like you to do, we're going to finish up chapter 6 today in the Gospel of John. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 6. We're going to focus on verses 60 through 71 today. It's the, really the closing section of his discussion concerning I'm the bread of life. Now, again, we are wanting to meet Jesus. And today, we're going to see how people react to him. So, you know, the last few weeks, we've looked at his whole discussion about him being the bread of life and, and about him telling them that they need to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood, that if they don't do that, they're not going to have life. But if they do do that, they will have life. And we've seen the crowd, remember the crowd, they were first initially supportive of Jesus. They were excited about Jesus. They wanted to make him the messiah they're like i don't know about that that's kind of weird we know his mom and dad we know this boy he was raised around here Ah, uh, what is he asking us to do i mean they're arguing among themselves they're just having a really difficult time with what jesus is asking them to do and again he's using figurative language trying to get them to understand a greater point that he is from god and that they need to commit themselves to him but they're having a hard time with that And so what we're going to see today when we get to verses 60 to 71 is is we're going to see two different responses, two different responses to what Jesus says. We're going to see people who decide, that's it, I'm done, and they walk away. But we're also going to see another group that says, you have the words that bring life and we understand who you are, so we're staying. Now, as I was working through this passage and and thinking through this passage and thinking through the message, I I thought to myself, you know, that's kind of like where we are today, because we're kind of at at a different place in North American Christianity right now. Well, okay, forget COVID, because yes, COVID has had an effect on church and church attendance or whatever, but before COVID, there was already a decline taking place there was already people who were deciding, I don't think I want this anymore. And they were walking away. The, the walking away was already taking place across denominations. And it was concern going on. Now, COVID happened, and of course, we couldn't meet for a while, and, and people have found it easy just to stay home and watch on on YouTube or Facebook, which, by the way, there aren't that many people watching. You know, there are faithful ones, but not like it used to be at the beginning of COVID. So what's going on? Well, I realized as I was reading this, sometimes people follow Jesus at first for some reason. And then as life goes on and they realize what Jesus really wants from them, they decide, I don't want that. And so they walk away. And that's what's happening here. Now you say, well, George, I'm trying to wrap my brain around what you just said, what Jesus wants from us. What does he want from us? You. He wants you. He wants you in a relationship with him. He wants you to allow him to guide your life. He wants you. Now you say, well, people got a problem with that? You'd be surprised. We have that tendency where We don't like someone telling us what to do. I mean, don't you have that tendency? Next time you're at work and somebody tells you something you don't want to do, think about how you're feeling at that moment. Where'd that come from? That's your tendency. It's a human tendency. And so people, even when Jesus says, I want you, I want to help guide your life, I want to bring you life, something within us bucks, especially when he starts pointing out stuff that, we don't want to let go of. You know what I'm talking about. He's he's saying to you, let go of this. Let go of this. This is destroying you. This is hurting you. This is this is affecting the relationships around you. Let let go of this. I I have something better for you. Ah, uh, I think I know better. I think I know better. And people are there. And so for some, they walk away. And that's exactly what's happening in this passage. They couldn't understand what he was saying, and what they were saying sounded so radical to them. They were like, I don't think so. So they walked away. So I want you to notice with me the passage. We're going to look at verse 60 to 71, and I want you to notice we're going to see hard words, a reaction to hard words, but with the very same words, there's another group, and to them it's words of life. Same words, okay? Does everybody understand me? It's the same words. It's the same thing coming out of Jesus, Just two different responses. And so that's what we're going to talk about, is you and I have to come to a place where we have to decide what to do. Deciding what to do with what Jesus tells us. That's really what life is about, right? Especially for us as believers. Deciding what to do. And we're going to see that there is some decisions being made here in this passage. So here's what it says. Here's what John writes in verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to them by my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. All right, let me read that again. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ. The son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the twelve. All right. So we're going to see two different reactions here. We're going to see same words. Okay. So these are people who are reacting to the same teaching. What teaching? I'm the bread of life. Eat of me and you will have life. Eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. Two different things. Two different groups of people who are hearing the same words are responding differently. One group, it's the crowd. Remember I told you it's the crowd. They're first supportive for a reason. They want something from Jesus. But then when they find out what Jesus is really saying and what he wants, they're like, "Ah, I'm out of here. And that's what they do. They leave. They're hard words to them. But then there are others who realize who he is and that their deepest longing can be fulfilled in him. And so they realize that he has the words of what? He has the words of life. They respond. So we're going to look at it together. So let's look, first of all, at the hard words. What's going on? Verse 60, look at what they're saying. The writer writes, therefore, many of his disciples. Okay, so these are people who say they are following Jesus. Okay, so many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Now, what was hard about what he was saying? What he was asking for from them. That, that's really what the issue It's not what he was saying. It's what he was asking for with by what he was saying. You understand, they were wanting something from him. What? Bread. He just fed them the day before, remember? And so now when they understand what he's calling them to, ah, we don't want that. We don't understand that. So they're upset. So what is it? They were offended because they did not understand Jesus. They were offended. How do you know they were offended? Well, if you look at verse 61, does this offend you? That's the question he's asking here. Does what I'm asking of you offend you? That's really the issue, isn't it? What would offend him? All right, so think about it for a moment. I want you to think for me. When you think about Jesus and what he's offering, he's offering us a renewed relationship with God, he's offering us the means by which that takes place the cross. And that everything is taken care of. That the offense that was on our part, our sin, was taken care of on the cross. There is forgiveness. There is a renewed relationship. What does he want from us? Commit your life to me. Now, you would think that would be simple. But it's not. Well, I thought it's by faith, George. It is by faith. Faith in what he's done. Faith in trusting in him. But here's the thing. That's the whole issue, is trust. Because when he says, I want you... You come to the place where that faith is expressed then. You either say, here I am, because I trust you, Jesus, or I don't know about that, because you're not willing to give up yourself. Did you understand what I'm saying? And let's be honest, I'm a human being. I'm a control freak. I like to be in control of what happens around me. Don't we all like that? And I don't like not being in control we understand that right we want to be in control but isn't that the way life is jesus is saying i took care of it all for you i have your best interest in heart i love you let me guide you trust me commit yourself to me and let's be honest we don't do good with that do we i don't so they were offended because of but they couldn't understand what he was asking, or what or they didn't like what he was asking. Here's, here's the second thing I want you to see. Jesus asked, what did, would it take for them to believe who he is? So when you look at verse 62, he says this. It's kind of like, why did he put that in there? What then, if you would see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? What's he saying? What? Do you need to see me? leaving and going to be, ascending to be with the Father. Is that how you're going to finally believe me? Is you need to see something spectacular happen? He's saying, what What does it take for you to believe me? Well, that's a good question for us, isn't it? He's calling us to trust him. But see, they don't want to do that. By the way, think about it for a moment. This is what is so ridiculous. So far through the gospel, we've seen them continually ask for a sign. Give us a sign that you are the Messiah. A sign. Folks, what kind of signs do they need? He's healing. The lame are walking. The blind can see. Demons are cast out. He's feeding 5,000 people with three little barley loaves, two fish the size of sardine, and there's 12 baskets left over of the fragments, what more do they need to see that this guy is different? I mean, this kind of stuff happens every day in Kerwinsville, right? No, it doesn't, let alone in Pennsylvania or anywhere else in the world, right? See, it's not the signs. It's the faith and the trust in who he says he is. They're not willing to do that because these are hard words to them hard words to them so here's what he's going to say he he points out that his words are spirit so here's look with me at verse 63 look at what he says there it is the spirit who gives life what is the holy spirit the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing that that's a pretty good it's the spirit who brings you life it's not your efforts it's not what you're trying to do for yourself your flesh profits nothing okay here's what it says The words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Here's what I want you to see. The spirit gives understanding into Jesus' words and brings life. The spirit is the one who gives us understanding. Look, all right, so here you are. You're a believer in Jesus. And he's saying to you, trust me. Put your faith in me. Commit yourself to follow me. You know how you can do that? It's because the spirit helps you to do that. He's the one who gives you the understanding to say, yes, I need to do that. I can trust Jesus. He's the one who affirms us. Yes, this is what you need to do. Do do, do you see what I'm saying? It's the work of the Spirit in our lives. It's the Spirit who what? Jesus sent instead of himself to what? Give you understanding, strengthen you, fill you with love, guide you, Convict you. He has a role in our lives, and so he's saying, "Look, the reason why you're not understanding, you're offended. Even even if I came up, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even why? Because it's the Spirit who brings life. We help you. We help you. So so here's the reality. So Jesus sums it up here, and if this is the reality, here it is. Look with me, verse sixty four to sixty six. But there are some of you who do not believe. Look, first of all, Jesus is not surprised by people not believing. He knows who they are. There are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. We say, yeah, he knows it's going to be Judas. Uh-uh, it's more than just Judas. What do you mean, more than just Judas? Well, remember, Pilate, who do you want? Jesus or Barabbas? And the crowd hollers, crucify him. Now who's that crowd? All people who hated Jesus? No, I'm going to tell you right now. Probably some of them were what? Excited about Jesus, following Jesus, when he didn't produce what they wanted, they were what? We're out of here and now what? Get rid of him. So when it says here he knew who would not believe and who would betray him, he knows even the people who what would say what? Crucify him. Listen, let's go on. Everybody says And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. Here's what I want you to see. Even with the hard words and the reaction, no one comes to Jesus unless the Father grants them to come. It's God who opens their eyes. Now, what does that mean, George? Well, let me tell you what that means. All right, so everybody here has somebody, a loved one who does not believe. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, right? Either a friend, somebody we work with, either a relative, who doesn't know Jesus, they can't see it no matter how many times you try to talk to them about it. They just don't see. They just don't want to believe. Here's how you pray. God, I need you to work in their heart. Open their eyes. Help them to see who Jesus is. Help them to understand who Jesus is. Help them to see their need. Because it's only you, God, who can do it. Speak through me, God, when I speak to them. Lord, speak through the way I live my life before them. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's, we've got to start praying differently. And asking God to what? Open their eyes. Why do I need to ask? Because 2 Corinthians chapter 4, our gospel is not veiled, Paul says, what? But the God of this age, who's that? Satan, has what? Blinded their eyes to the truth. Lest they see what? The glorious light of the gospel. So these are the hard words. But then, here's what happens. So here, notice, here's what it says, and this is what happens, and we're seeing it happening now. Look with me at verse 66. I mentioned it to you before. I emphasized it for you. Look at what it says. From that time, what time? The moment he was saying what he wanted from them. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, make that commitment to me. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. And you know what? If you were to go to them and talk to them and say to them, Hey, what do you think about Jesus? Well, you know, hey, I really, in the beginning, I was really, man, I was excited about him. I, you know, he healed my uncle or, or he took care of my aunt or I was there when he, man, he just fed us all. Like, I mean, yeah, I was excited about what Jesus was doing. But man, when you sat down and listened to what he was saying and what he was wanting from us, I think that was a little too much. So we were out of there and they weren't. And they still are going. But the same words bring another reaction. Look at what it says in verse 67. Jesus asks a question of the 12. Who are the 12? The 12 who would become the apostles, the guys he personally called. Look at what he says. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? That's a pretty good question, isn't it? Do you also want to go away? Here's what he's doing. Jesus calls them to consider their commitment to follow him. I mean, you know what? I've been confronted with this a lot lately. Okay, so let's just recognize some things. All right, everybody, every one of us would agree. Stuff happens, right? Difficult stuff happens. Stuff that we can't handle happens. Stuff that shakes the very core of who we are happens. Am I right in saying that? Stuff that you just are left like, oh my goodness, what happened? Where where, where are you, God? Happens. Right? And when that stuff happens... Big question marks. You know, if we could, if, aren't, aren't you glad we're not like cartoons where you can see what people are thinking? You know, big question marks are happening around us. Oh, do I believe? God, are you really there? Ah. And in the midst of that, this question comes. It's a real question. Do you also want to go away? Do you also want to throw in the towel? And, and let's be honest, we've all wanted to. Well, we can't say that, George. We're a church. We're supposed to... No, no, we're real. And you have faced situations where you wonder if he's there you you find what he's asking you to be difficult and you are saying ah and he says do you also want to go away It's throughout the scripture I mean you go you go over to Luke and and there's John the Baptist sitting in jail. Remember John the Baptist, the forerunner? Jesus said, there's no other prophet like him. The one who said, behold the lamb. I'm here as the forerunner getting the people ready. And he's sitting in prison facing the executioner's axe or sword. And he sends his disciples to Jesus and he says to them, are you the one? Are you the one? Are you the one? Or should we look for another? And he tells John's disciples, go back and tell them what you have seen. The lame walk, the blind see, the dead are raised. He's quoting from three different passages in Isaiah. But he leaves out one part of the passage. And the prisoners are set free. And then he says, go tell John, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. It's the same question. Do you go away? Blessed are you when you're not offended because of me. Why? Because God's got a different plan. God's heading in a different direction. Are you still trusting? Are you still trusting? He's He's calling them to consider their commitment to follow him. Folks, he's doing that every week in our lives. You're being asked that with Every situation you face. Do you really want to still follow him? That's what Satan is doing. Do you really want to follow him? Wouldn't be going through this. But here's what had happened. So Jesus asked that question. And... Here's what Peter does. Peter responds. He's the spokesman. He responds. Look with me. At verse 68, Peter, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Here's what Peter says. Who do we go to? You're the one who has the words that we need for life, for the satisfaction for what we need to get through life. You're the one who has the words that will carry us through through the onslaught of what's going on around us. Who do we go to? There is no one else to go to. There's only Jesus. So here's the point. that There is a recognition that only Jesus has the words that brings us life. There's a recognition that Only Jesus has the words that bring life. Folks, he has the words that bring you life in the midst of what you're going through. Well, man, you don't know what I'm going through right now, George. Well, then I'm going to tell you right now. Go to the Psalms. Go to the Psalms. God, my enemies are against me. Where are you? I have you, Lord. You defeat them. You show them who my God is. Doesn't that strengthen you? When you feel you're alone? He has the words that bring life. And and, and Peter is recognizing that. Here's the other thing Peter is recognizing. There, there is also a recognition that Jesus is the promised Messiah. That's what he means here when he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Christ is the—it's that Greek word meaning Messiah. He's recognizing that Jesus is the promised one. The hope, the only hope. The Son of the living God. And that's what it is. It's not just that we recognize that that his word brings us life. It's the one that we've chosen to follow is the promised one. It's Jesus we're after. And that's where life is. But there's something else I want you to see here, and that's this. With that, Peter is expressing... Yes, we're following you, Jesus. We're choosing to follow you. But look at what Jesus points out here. Look with me at verse 70. He says this. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and one of you is a devil? What's he doing here? Jesus reiterates that he has chosen his followers. You came to him, but he came to you. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what's so exciting. You came to him. You decided, but he, he's the one who gave you the spirit to what understand. He's the one who gave you the strength to respond. He's the one who chose you. What does that tell us? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Just hold on to your seats. He wants you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Think about that for a moment. The God of the universe wants you. You with your warts. And your stuff. And your regrets. He wants you. So he did everything to have you. And that's what they're recognizing. I hope that's what you're recognizing as well. Hi folks, this is George. I want to thank you for listening this morning. And I want to tell you about a free app that you can get for your mobile device that will allow you to access all the materials and information you need about our church in one device. Simply go to your app store on your Android or Apple device and search for Kerwinsville Christian Church. The app is free, and what you'll find there is everything you need to know, plus all the teaching from our church, as well as this program. And we hope that you will utilize that in your search for Christ. Until next week, folks, take care and may the Lord bless you.